Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. We're going to be talking about the believer's freedom. And um, so for the last for the last uh, four times I've spoken, including the one when Clayton, um, Clayton and I did just uh, talk together, talked really that was less teaching so much as just talking the back and forth Uh, what we've been talking about is relational accountability and relational authority and and really in the life of the church and how it's the relationships that we have one to another and the loving one another and how we're to really grow up and mature into Christ Jesus but it's the maturing into becoming God's family in a way that can really represent his heart really well in the earth that's what he longs for Uh, free people who know whose they are because they know whose they are they know who they are right and so our freedom has a large part to do with that how free we are every single believer without without exception every single believer chooses their level of freedom without exception every single one of us chooses every single day in fact this morning it was so great um came i think that was his first time preaching he did such an amazing job this morning yeah, preaching yeah. So text him like tell him right uh, but um he 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 was saying he even said it right we have the freedom of choice and that's the gift from the heaven to our heart is that we freely choose whether we're even going to worship god on the planet every human being or not even god doesn't want just robots mechanically following him or mechanically or religiously right following him and having traditions and living life by formula and and all that stuff he doesn't want that he has given us the freedom to choose him and in the choosing of him it's the degrees of how far we're going to pursue his heart which is the also the pursuit of truth and coming to line with jesus is the man of truth how far we're going to come into line with who jesus is right and 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 the degree of that determines our level of freedom that we walk in so john uh, 832 says that truth Jesus said truth makes free free and so the level of freedom really is my choice on how far I'm going to walk in, in in alignment with with Jesus how far I'm going to walk into truth and um, so I think um, this is just part of those Sundays the relational accountability for the believer and um, yeah just one more message for that I'm going to start reading from, um, I'm using the ESV tonight, but in 2 Timothy, in chapter 2 in 2 Timothy, um, I'm going to start reading a couple of verses, quite a few verses, from verse 14 is where I'll start. And and some of this will be familiar to you, um, yeah, because they're, they're popular verses to read, but it really does set, actually I'll even, I'll even just before I even go into that, before I even go into that. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because I am anointed to, it's the preaching of the gospel, it's to set at liberty the captives, it is to um, um, uh, return eyesight to the blind, right? He said that and he fin- he, he was quoting from Isaiah 61, which I know a lot of you know because we, we do talk about this. We'll look at those scriptures in a little bit, but but the emphasis that I wanted to bring about with the Luke 4 section is Jesus only quoted a small piece of right. the Isaiah 61. Right. And, and, and he did, his, his role was only a small piece. We have the role of fulfilling the rest of the Isaiah 61 piece. 
And part of what I'm talking about tonight is that peace. And so um, where he said, I have come to proclaim the goodness of the year, that the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, sorry, Oh, I should read it properly, but it's the, it's the, I've come to proclaim, it's the gospel. I've come to proclaim that and bring about the goodness of the year of the Lord. But it is to release captives. It is to set the oppressed free. It is to, um, that the blind would receive their sight, right? The, the, when he, three and a half years of ministry and he died on the cross at the end of the three and a half years of ministry and he rose again, but his blood being shed onto the earth, the blood of God, Jesus Christ himself, God in human flesh, his blood being shed onto the earth was the thing that did the ultimate damage to the enemy kingdom, which is why we can sit here today in the freedom that we do and the salvation that we do and free from all of the enemy entanglement, right? His blood being shed and spilt upon the earth because once it hit that soil, it reversed the curse, right? And so it is in the power. That's why that song, I've had that song only by the blood that we did this morning. I've had it on repeat. Like it's all I've listened to all day and it's five minutes. It's just from 2 p.m. until 6.30. You all just walked in here. <laughs> the one song. I'm burning it out on, on Spotify. Anyway, but it, it was his, it is his blood that, that accomplishes everything for us. And blood is what is required to ratify a covenant, right? And the Old Testament the Old Testament is full of all different kinds of covenants. There was covenants between God and man, but there's also covenants between men and men, and there's tribal covenants, and kings would make covenants with each other. There's a shedding of blood for that. That, that is one of the things. It was just a very common thing, especially in the ancient world. They would use the shedding of blood too. It was a promise that could be not broken without shedding of more blood later. And um, and so the, the, the blood of Jesus ratifies for us eternally the new covenant that he set up and the new covenant, his new covenant in blood superseded far above exceeded the old covenant. And, and it did away with the old, co- it didn't do away with God's faithfulness and God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy and all of the things God wants to bring into our lives. But it did do away with the old sacrificial system and it did do away with because his blood was shed at the same time ratifying the new covenant. It also broke all the power of the old um, system which was under the power of sin and death, right? And because it was under the power of sin and death, actually even belonged to the enemy kingdom. So he broke all of the enemy power fully. Paul writes of that kingdom, that old system and way of doing things, that those those old enemies, demons, principalities, powers, they are now, because of the shedding of Jesus' blood, weak and miserable forces. Like weak and miserable forces is such a good thing for us to remember, right? Demons, principalities, those enemies, they are weak and they are miserable forces. Sorry about the dogs. Weak, weak and miserable forces. And the reason they're weak and miserable forces is because the blood of Jesus is so completely decimated them, decimated their power structures, decimated their ability to rule in our life once we give our life to Jesus, right? And so completely destroyed, completely decimated the enemy. But the other thing I love about this too, and I use this verse, Jesus at one point goes, if by the finger of God I cast out demons, you know the kingdom has come upon you. Right. And what is to me, it's just great because I know, you know, as you just encounter people that might be oppressed, 
believers, even like non-believers, believers alike, can be oppressed and have demons, right? As you encounter those people, the, it's like to God, when, and the person who's full of God, dealing is like like a flick of the finger. The demons, because they're weak and miserable, the finger of God, but, but the Holy Spirit through my life, it's like bug squat to us. When we know whose we are, his, yeah, and we know who we are because we're his, right? And so it's like bug squat. So that's the setup a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, help the dogs just fall asleep. <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I'm going to start reading uh, from two, uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 14. Um, the first verse says uh, ESV. I'm reading from the ESV. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words. Um, the NIV says keep reminding them and keep reminding them and keep reminding them not to quarrel about words, right? Which does no good but only ruins the hearers. What I'm, This is a little bit of a setup, right? Because this is really some of the how we conduct our lives. Right, so the quarrelling about words and the quarrelling, just quarrelling general and, and the strife and contention and gossip and things that can just be set up and sent around, and it doesn't matter. It can be in the workplace. It can be just between neighbours. Right? Oh, have you seen what that neighbour did to the other neighbour on this side or across the street? Can be in a church, but it's the it's the quarrelling about words. It does only it only ruins the hearers, right? Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid, here again, here again it is, avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And again, this is ASV, but the NIV says ungodly chatter or ungodly talk, right? Just useless things that, that can come out of our mouths. It's just ungodly and it is, it is babble, but it sets up in us damaging, like well, I'll keep reading, but it's damaging and a poison that we, because we haven't held on to our tongue, set it into motion, right? Okay, um, 17. And their talk, here we go, will spread like gangrene. That's why I use the ESV tonight. <laughs> Gangrenous, like our, our, the, the way that James really talks about it, right? In James, I love James because he just goes straight to it. Like, oh, the the tongue is like a, a, a f- um, untamable, he says, but it is like inside us, it is like a, a flame of fire that cannot be put out, and in it is a world of destruction. And it has in the TPT, it's the Passion Translation, says it sets about a course of destruction, even to murder from our tongue, and we just haven't been able to stop it and stop ourselves from talking in a way that's just unholy and unhealthy right okay i'm going to skip down to verse um oh you know i'll keep reading so and their talk will spread so ungodly talk will spread like gangrene among them and he names two people uh hermanius and philetus who have swerved from the truth and one of the lies they're spreading is the resurrection's already already happened and um, that add that to the pile of things that people talk about in church, just generally that are lies. But uh, it says they are upsetting the faith of some people. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone whose names are in the name of the Lord 
depart from all iniquity. So iniquity is the sin that I conduct my life with. Iniquity is my willingness to continue to sin. So there's accidental things, right? And the accidental stuff is like, oh, that was that was really stupid of me. I want to stop and repent and stop doing that activity. The iniquity is, oh, I am deliberately now setting about. Yeah. I am deliberately and willfully giving yeah. myself over to this stuff, okay? So depart from iniquity. Verse 20, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house and ready for any good work. Again, because here it is, that's that I choose my own freedom i choose my own my own level of freedom really what it's talking about also is my i choose if i'm going to walk purely before the lord i choose if i'm going to walk fully devoted before the lord or whether i'm going to allow iniquity to remain in here whether i'm going to just tolerate and and be you know convictionless follow the ways of the world system right i choose this every single day and what i'm choosing is to be free or not free in christ and so i choose So I choose, I can choose to cleanse myself so that I can be a vessel that's used for honorable things in the kingdom of God, a vessel that's honorable before God or dishonorable. The actual Greek, it means common, a common vessel, common being different from what is set apart and devoted to God. I've made myself common and I've allowed mixture into my life from the Greek that's there. Um, Verse 22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith and love. And peace, along with all those who call on the Lord with a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. Right? It's uh, it's sad that it's sad that we even have to keep saying this to people who, you know, they've been in the church sometimes for years and years and years and years and years, and we've still got to keep saying, please, please, realize this is a foolish controversy. Stay away from this and you will be free. But if you don't stay away from this, you open your door to demonic oppression, right? So it's foolish, ignorant controversies. You know they breed quarrels and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring uh, evil, patiently enduring evil. I don't understand what that means. Did I read that wrong? Able to teach. Anyway, verse 25, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And who's the opponent here? It's the person who won't give up the iniquity. In the church family, the opponent is the person who will not give up the iniquity, who just wants to live this wide open life of, yes, I'm going to still pursue the things of the world. I'm still going to order my life after the world system. I'm going to give my mouth to unholy things, right? Um, correct. Okay. Who's up to correcting his opponent with all gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Repentance brings knowledge of the truth. Jesus said, truth makes us free. I said that at the beginning, repent. God may grant them repentance and repentance leads to us really knowing truth. And then they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. Because here's a kicker. After being captured by him, the devil, people are made to do his will. So the need for the believer is to give up the iniquity. It is to give up the false 
words and, and irreverent babble and, and ungodly chatter and things that we allow to come out of our mouth and the way that we think and approach life. It's to give up my convictionless living but actually really come into line with who Jesus is because if I don't, I literally am walking into a trap and a snare of the devil and he takes my life captured. He, he captures, take, makes, makes me his captive to do his will. That's a really tough scripture, but many believers live there doing the will of the enemy. Not that they want to, they don't like, like if you really snap them out of it, like, but to doing the will of the enemy is just having given pieces and parts of our personality over to him because we haven't allowed God to clean us out and cleanse us of the unrighteousness and the iniquity, right? And so we've allowed just this continual way of living that, you know what, it's a little bit better than my neighbor next door who's not a believer. But So I look like a Christian. I'm doing a few Christian good things. But, but when there's just a life of um, like a broken down boundaryless wall of a life, I'll get to those scriptures in a minute about boundaryless lives but um i'm going to read just from three chapter three verse one understand this in the last days there there will come times of difficulty for people people will be lovers of self lovers of self lovers of self lovers of self is a form of iniquity Lovers of self causes me to have like this wrong self-defense system that just goes in overdrive if someone even comes near saying I should give up something or even a, the slightest whiff of a mere criticism and I'm going to, the self-defense comes up and out comes all of the excuses and the words to cover over my own self. That's a lover of self, right? Um, lovers of money. If you're a lover of money, mammon is the Greek word M-A, I think it's M-M-O-N, I think it's double N there. That's a Greek word, mammon, actually, but it comes from a really ancient um, Aramaic word that that meant, actually it predates, it's a Chaldean, Babylonian time word. It was one of the Greek, uh, sorry, Babylonian Chaldean gods, mammon. And so there's a big principality over money. And so if the people are lovers of money, they're really even believers because Jesus said that you can only have, you can't serve both mammon and God. One will have mastery over you. And so we choose God or if we don't lay that stuff down, mammon will be our master. That's a demon God principality. Um, uh, they'll be proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, which is just rebellion, right? Ungrateful, <laughs> unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. And here's what the Bible says. Avoid such people. We don't hear that too often, right? In, in the church world, we're like, well, we're supposed to love and tolerate everybody because that the worldly tolerate everything motto has so crept in to the church, which has just given way to the hyper grace. Love everyone and never call out anything because the grace of God covers it all. Well, the grace of God does cover it all. But if I don't help a brother out or a sister out of their way of sin, they literally will live oppressed all of their life. Saved but not free, saved, but oppressed with all kinds of things like depression and anxiety and all kinds of issues, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we are to really help one another into freedom, 
which means it's bring truth into the life gently. Like we wield the sword really gently and we wield the sword really gently because we first allow it to cut us, right? If, it has, if we haven't allowed it to cut us, we shouldn't be wielding it at other people because when it's a surgical, like a surgeon has got this precision cuts, right? And the cauterizing even, it's so gentle and done so well, right? But if you're just going around butchering and wielding a, 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 the, the, the sword, with truth sword, without, without you first being broken and in that humility before the Lord with your own heart, and that, that, that sword you're going to be wielding is going to be doing more damage than the other people. And Jesus calls that hypocrisy anyway, right? Amen. So, denying its power. Oh, avoid such people. Among those, this is kicker, it are those who creep into households and capture weak women. But you could easily just say weak men, yes. right? It, what this is talking about is avoid those people. Avoid the evil people. Avoid people who are manipulative and go into households to manipulate for their own gain is what this is talking about, right? Capture. They capture weak women who are already burdened and are easily led astray by various passions. Always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. Always learning but never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. It's always learning, like it's the pursuing of truth, always the pursuing of truth, but if there's this manipulation over the top of it, it actually is the block until the manipulation and witchcraft is broken off, right? So that once that's broken off, then truth can be really seen for what it is. Um, where am I up to? Creep into households. Capture weak burdens. Okay. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, just as, yeah, well, let me go. I'm going to, men, I'm going to skip down to people who oppose the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding faith. It's literally just talking about if we, if, if I, if I have an opposition to truth because I've been a lover of self and I've self-defended myself, I've made excuses, the luxury, the gymnastics that we do in our mind to self-defend and, and place myself in that, myself as the, as that well, I'm going to protect me and mine and the comfort that I've built around my life. I start to oppose truth and push it out of my life. Well, it just says here to be really careful because it can disqualify people regarding their faith. It disqualify me on the basis of my faith. My faith gets disqualified if I get if I let that go so far in me and I oppose truth to that level, I will disqualify myself. And then it says, but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all. I'll stop reading there. Their folly will be plain to all. Um, the folly, the, the foolishness, the foolishness. See, once once I've allowed God to deal with it in my heart, and He deals with it. You know, He's going to be dealing with us all till the day we actually meet Him face to face. So there's not. It's not like we are perfected here. We're not. But there is a journey that he asks us to go on, all of us. And if you're on that journey, then he's bringing you into into truth and, and you're becoming more like him. And I, I love, I've been talking this week a lot about, uh, with people about counterfeit, counterfeit people who do um, look, look for money, counterfeiters. They are really well acquainted with the real thing, right. like a real dollar bill, right. <clears throat> right? They become so extremely aware of the tiniest little detail and where it lies on, on the dollar bill, on, on the American US dollar bills, so that so that it's it's not like they try to figure out where all the counterfeits are. They just have the dollar bills 
and they're so well acquainted. Even the feel and the touch and how it wrinkles in their in their hand and and the smell and then you know the, every little design on the face facial features whatever's whatever the design of any bill on the real things. And so when we are handling this the same way, right? And we're looking into the life of Jesus in the four gospels. Uh, but Jesus, who knows that Jesus is the word of God. So all of this encapsulates who Jesus is, right? All of this encapsulates the word of God. He is the word. So all of this, and when we're just continually looking into all of this and then his own earthly life, how he conducted his earthly life, which is the first four gospels. When we are so well acquainted with this, when a counter when, when a counterfeit walks up into our life, it doesn't matter who. Could be could be the person sitting next to you in church. Or it could be someone in a store. Could be someone at school, at work. It doesn't really matter. Could be something you... A news... The news source on your TV, right? Journalism. Which is a lot of counterfeit. But but the counter, you will speak... You'll be like... Yeah. You'll spot the lie. Not You won't be like, ah, there's a lie. They'll just be... You'll so clearly be able to just go, well, that's a lie because I know... And, and what happens is you have, by continually feeding ourselves on this, this real thing, that, that gauge, that meter, or the discernment meter, is just off this charts, high, high, extreme high radar for discerning the counterfeits. And it's not that you go around looking for all the counterfeits. You keep looking at who Jesus is yeah. so that the counterfeits, when they overlaid or they meet Jesus, become really, really clear. Right, so it's very easy to just go. You could be having a conversation, and it actually happened this morning, like seven thirty in the morning, with me this morning, literally sitting with a person, and it was just lie after lie after lie. I'm like, it might just be better if you go home and don't worship with us today. Literally had to ask someone. So, so I um, there is a there is a need for us, and it's right here. I read it. Avoid such people. And so in the family of God, it's really important that we just be people who are, we, we're going to extend tons of grace for people, tons and tons and tons of grace for people. Um, and so the process of getting free, we talk a lot about deliverance, right? And we always will. I'm going to do this. I have, see these pages here? Let's see. From there, that's a lot of pages. I don't know how many pages it is. That is just alphabetical list. And it's not even comprehensive. I've got books up here with even more. Uh, I won't go looking for them. But that is alphabetical list of different types of names of demons. I'm just going to start with, I'll, I'll read through a few in the A's. No. Please don't get to the B's. <laughs> Brent. <laughs> I'm sorry to pray for, you, for anybody listening here. That's not... <coughs> Brant, he's a great man. Um, here's, here's just a couple. I'm not going to get through. I'm not going to do A to Z. I'm just going to name a few. So we recognize. I'll say this first. We are in conflict. Yeah. We, we live our life. every. You, the minute you wake up out of your sleep, you're like right back on the battlefield. There's right? not a moment on this earth that you take a breath that, you're not, that you can be outside of the conflict that the enemy makes war against God, but he can't win against God, so he fights it against us. Because if he can push us around, he hurts God, right? And so he, he already owns unbelievers. I don't really care what happens to them. He already owns them. They're his. In fact, we read he can take those, those captive at any moment to do his will at any moment, right? And so, but for the believers, if we haven't done the work in our heart, which is in partnership with the Holy Spirit, we don't do it religiously on our own through formulas, right? It's the work done with him. Um, 
when we haven't yielded and I don't think I don't like I'll be 90 and still be yielding stuff right so yeah. it's not again it's not about perfection and it, we sung that in that song it's not yeah. about perfection it's not about performance but um, every single day we choose I, ch- I choose I can just wake up with the next breath that I wake when I'm conscious again and get up out of bed going here's another day with Jesus I'm choosing to surrender I'm choosing to live surrendered before the Lord of God <laughs> of all the hosts the man who created it all the one created God all powerful <laughs> just you know by by his breath could snuff out my life right yet with his breath fills my life and sustains it so we can trust him but it's the it's the willingness for to live completely free before him the desire to live completely free before him so that none of this stuff gets foothold in us jesus said in john chapter 14 um here comes his last supper conversation because he's explaining what's about to happen he's about to get killed Uh, I don't have much time with you now, but here comes my enemy, Satan, the accuser. But he has nothing in me, no hook, right? Nothing in me. There's nothing in me that he can hook one of these spirits onto, right? So here's just a few of them I'm going to read. So accusation. Um, Within accusation is that judging, that wrong judgmental criticism, that hypocritical type judging hypocrisy is really wrapped up in that fault finding accusation has projection you project you project i'm not saying anybody in this room right when i'm talking about this stuff i'm just using very general terms but that projection and that so we it can be self-accusation or accusing other people and that slanderous part of and then and then by the way uh accusation if you're sitting with a person who's really uh, bothered and irritated with demons and maybe have part of their personality given over they will project onto you if they go have a rejection spirit they will start to try to tell you that you're rejecting them or try to get you yourself into a place where you start feeling thoughts of rejection right that's with the accusing accusing spirits they'll say things like um i'm uh, I'm feeling very um, accused right now. I'm feeling very like you are rejecting me right now. Spirits of suicide attached with this one, right? And they start blaming you for them thinking that they should go commit suicide. If you don't keep dating me, it's your fault if I go do something next week. Right? It's like spirits of um, accusation. Um, and then there's, along with this, is the accuser of the brethren. Um, um, because Satan is the accuser of the brethren right so within that accusation stuff comes um there's the alcohol drugs gluttony nicotine uh, addiction stuff medication caffeine um compulsive behaviors okay with the accusation because if if there's been accusation if there's been accusation that, that's been against you oh here's a good one if if person's in aa i am i am they have to say every day I am a recovering alcoholic, or what's the word they have to say? Yeah, so it's a, it's a false accusation they have to say over themselves. They start to walk in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they agree with the accusation. Right, yeah. So that's why that's why it's really so the compulsive behaviours that go along with the accusation start they start mm-hmm. to own it, right? So spirits drive this into people. Okay, um, so there's spirits that cause um, adultery, like sexual impurity. Spirits, literally, spirits of pornography, spirits of all kinds of um, 
um, perversity just concerning the sexual area and intimacy within marriage and drive wedges between marriages in it or for the single people just like constant barrage can be married people too but the fascination and the um, uh, any kind of temptation uh, fleshy to do with anything to do that is impure to do with our sexual relationship when we're just like in the marriage relationship or before marriage relationship against the purity that I might want to keep and the dignity that I might want to hold so that I keep myself pure for the person I marry, right? Okay, so affectation. Do you guys know what affectation is? Um, I want to, to, to take on an affected type of personality that you might even... So hypocrisy is with this because hypocrisy, hypocrisy means to wear a mask, right? And affectation sort of does that. You might, you might um, play act or create drama around a situation. Um, you might, uh, it's like attention getting or like a bit of a theatrical um, tears when you might want to have a conversation with a person and they suddenly burst into tears to get you to stop having that conversation. Mm. That's manipulation, yeah. but that's affectation. Okay, it's a spirit. It's manipulation, it's witchcraft. Wow. Right, tears just yeah. now... And I'll even say this, right? So I actually, if Clayton and I are having hard conversations, I know what my tears can do to him as a man. I could win an argument that way. So I actually pray to God that if we are having a conversation that's a bit tough, I pray to God going, help me not cry right now. I don't want to shed a tear because I don't want to just win it. I want to win it, right? Right. When, when, if that would be a button that I could use, I want to remove the ability to have that button. Because that would be me manipulating, right? So, so it's that—that's just an affectation, right? So there are people on the opposite spectrum of that who will do all kind. You know, sometimes it's the fake rage, sometimes it's the fake tears, or just that fake um, starting to fall into that victim mentality, mm-hmm. right? It's affectation. Okay. Okay. Another A is a spirit of agitation or in, like impatience. Um, You'll, you'll know what impatience is. <laughs> um, is. I've got here alcohol, drugs, um, spirits of alcohol Driving associated with... Hmm? Driving on the interstate. Agitation. <laughs> it's a good place to just pray, Jesus, help me with my self-control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, do you know that... Do you know that... Do you know the spirits of allergies? Spirits that cause allergies? Yeah. And there's different roots for it, but one, one root... Yeah cause of allergies is if you come under a spirit of rejection like if you have um like if you've been rejected by a partner or a parent or something and you've come that could be from childhood right or, or a partner right, in marriage right. doesn't really matter it could be from a coach at school or a teacher or um but spirits of rejection um because it manifests as a um a physical body and the autoimmune response is reject the foreign body Right, and so it's a, a a physical manifestation happens in the body as an allergic reaction to something like I don't know what's com- milk, milk. A lot of people, and, and it can have not every single time, right? So don't go every single person that has an allergy has not got that root cause of rejection. It's just one example, um, um, but it's just that it's the, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of spirits have their uh, uh, sorry a lot of sicknesses and diseases have their origin in demonic origin right um so anger anger is to do with bitterness uh, or um anger to do with um broken expectations um perfection if 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 i have not 
been able to perform the way I want in the way that should be perfect or my kids and anger will come out like bitter rage as as part of that and um, within anger is like the petitioning of the soul like a schizophrenic type responses like double personality kind but angry kind but angry kind but angry my own my own my own one of my own family members I was almost going to say which one I won't be mean one of my own family members over in Australia um, has, has has demonstrated this over the years and I, I had to um, live as a young person um, trying to duck and weave all the time anger right um, um, uh, yeah I th- well that's you know what that's just a few on the A's but I just want you to understand like we could go spend all night doing this I'm not trying to do that right now I do want to get to this so we talk a lot about deliverance this is not a training session on deliverance the setup here, just to understand, we only did what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We talked about eight just in the A's, and we still have two more pages of A's before we get to B's. Doing that so we understand there are a lot of spirits, there are a lot of demon spirits, <coughs> a lot. And so, when a person might, you might, you might do some deliverance ministry, or you might receive some deliverance ministry. I want, I want there to be no stigma attached to it for anybody that might that might need it because yeah. because we, when we need it we're going to benefit from it but if there's a stigma attached to it we're not going to seek it because right. then there's shame on the back of its right, stigma right, right. shame is a demon yeah. spirit right there's right. demon spirits of shame and so when 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 we can um rightly handle people's hearts and minister to them in a way that's very freeing for them that's really fantastic we we talk about deliverances I've mentioned. The thing I wanted to just really end with tonight, because it's getting a bit later now, is <coughs> the need for post-deliverance um, discipleship. I'm only touching really lightly on this tonight, I know. I'm kind of setting this up because we're going to talk about it, not necessarily on Sunday nights, but it's just part of the series on relational accountability. But the post, post-deliverance um, discipleship is this. This is where I'm going to read the Isaiah 61. I told you Jesus only did a little portion of the Isaiah 61. Right. I'm not going to read all of Isaiah 61, but I'm going to read a little bit of it right. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance to our God. And and Jesus actually didn't get the vengeance part. He didn't even read. <laughs> he only read part, part one and part of verse two, right? He stopped. He sat down. Mm-hmm. This is the rest of it. And the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who, who mourn in Zion, um, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise um, instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Um, they shall build up. This is, this is right. We talk about this. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. I'm going to stop there. That's just to verse four. You go home and read the rest of this. But I just started launching into what is post-deliverance discipleship, right? I'll read the portion again. Yeah, that's the word that uh, uh, 
That's right, she did too. She did too. Oh my gosh. So, so um, in the early days of um, our church, Clayton from the Lord really got this very specifically, that this is really upon our church to do this, right? So, so the post-deliverance part is the building up of the ancient ruins. It is the raising up of the former devastations. Um, and it is to, it is, it's, the, it's the beauty for ashes, right? The oil of joy for mourning and all that stuff. But the, 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 the kick, the, a real linchpin part of that is build up the ancient ruins, and I began just about two weeks ago to talk about what having boundaries in our life looks like. It is building up those ancient those ancient ruins. From um, from um, Proverbs twenty five in the NIV, it says of a person with no boundaries, the person who needs the discipleship like this. We all need discipleship, but but especially post deliverance discipleship. They are in that state because they had the broken down walls in the first place broken down walls and and they're just overrun with the enemy they're overrun with spirits and they're going to live oppressed right so deliverance happens in a person we get them like saved healed delivered right from the point of deliverance happening whenever that is in their salvation journey but from the point of deliverance like when real deliverance happens and they really set free (coughs) there's got to be a discipleship into building up the walls of their life so that the enemy can't come in and overrun again right Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. The ESV says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. The self-control areas of our heart and life are the areas of our mind and our heart and our thinking and the way we respond to anything and anyone on any given day even to how we respond to God coming in and 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 wanting to do some heart surgery in us right and so and so we can we can um like everybody everybody I'm 52 you'll know that but everybody arrives at like you know adulthood and and part your personality's in largely being shaped and it gets shaped and formed later in life too right but it, but with when god really wants to come in and start moving around the shape and shape reshape and reform right that's where we've got to really learn to surrender to his hand yeah to surrender to truth hang on sorry and allow him because the holy spirit comes the one of the fruit of the spirit is the fruit of self-control which from the greek it actually means self-mastery and it talks about building up all of these walls so that the good stays in and what god builds up around our life and how he builds out our thinking we have the mind of christ we've been given it and and there's the daily we're told daily just you know trans the renewing and the transforming of our mind is a daily process right we've got to decide to give ourselves to it we've got to decide to allow god to really reform and reshape rethink cause us to rethink so that we think god thoughts about myself about my husband about my kids about my finances about our church about how i do life with people and the relationships i have with people right i've got to allow god to be the one reforming and shaping my thinking and my deciding um within the human personality is all the soul realm right so the holy spirit is in the human spirit and we have a physical body but it's the soul the soul of a person which is our mind heart thinking will emotions memories every day from the day i came out of my mother's womb even before right because you still you the stuff going on when you're in the womb Mm -hmm. um and so every day from then till now 
makes me who I am. And it's in those areas in the soul of a person that that's where God asks us to yield and surrender. And so it's just this daily walk, a daily new surrender, a daily walk of God, I, if, if he's highlighting anything, now I give you this area. Now I give you this area. And some areas are really easy to surrender over and other areas can be really quite hard because maybe there's pain and wounding or shame, right? But that's the point. He wants the pain and the wounding and yeah. the shame to be healed over and to be right. removed from right. us so that we don't have these open doorways and hooks. Sorry to use the wrong finger. It's not really rude in Australia. <laughs> I'll do two hooks. Hooks in us where the enemy can come along and, and, and get a foothold. Like the hook is a foothold. So there's an open open access point to enemy in our life, right? So it's the it's the process of walking into that discipleship. Discipleship is the discipline of the Lord, right? I undergo His discipline because He's a good Father, and and I know that a good Father disciplines His children. He disciplines those He loves, right? So I'm willing to un- undergo His discipline because <coughs> the hooks are removed, and I have no hooks in the enemy. I get to close a lot of the doors. That, that have been opened. So deliverance will remove from a person's life a lot of demons. But demons have access for all kinds of different reasons. So some of the some 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 demons really need to be people really need full deliverance from some certain types of demons and some certain types of reasons why the demons even have access, right? And that's true. So there's really a big place for deliverance ministry. After the deliverance ministry, the post-deliverance discipleship and just some certain other types of demons can be removed because of self-deliverance. And self-deliverance is my choosing every single day to wake up with the Lord and allow him to have his way in my heart and confess to him when I catch myself. Even as small as I go, I this is what I did. On Tuesday, uh, Friday night, I was like, yeah, I've given away 20 guitars. Well, I haven't given away 20 guitars I got home last at night and I went, oh, Jesus, it wasn't 20 guitars. It's, it was about 20 instruments total, but it's only about 10 guitars and it's maybe five of this and five of that, right? A few different instruments. And I literally went to bed going, I should at least make sure he knows it's not 20 full guitars because that sounds like better than it should be. And it's not real. It's not even a lie, right? But right. but I just want no hint in myself. Yeah. Right, and so so tonight I was like, oh, drums. <laughs> it's just been other instruments, right? And so um, it's a part of a bigger conversation. But it, to to want to go, I, so I went to bed that night and went, oh, I want to make sure when I when I explain that to people, I'm doing it rightly, because I don't want to, I don't want to overemphasize something and make it look better than it is, and. You'll, you'll get what I'm saying. It's, yeah. That willingness to be so honest and so upfront um, um, is really what God's asking us to do. Um, the my honesty with God, the openness I have with God, is He wants it. He 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 loves. He takes great delight in the flowering of truth in a heart. Right. That's the message version version of a, a Bible verse. God takes great delight in the flowering of truth in a heart. When truth and honesty integrity is found in a heart God's like yeah loves it um, but our willingness to allow him to do that in us and and continue to have his way like that he, he meets and, and it can, he, he really wants people who are going to be so free because in that place of freedom then I'm free enough to go help someone else but if I'm not free if I've held on to stuff and I haven't let go of stuff and I haven't I haven't then I, I'm not free and by the way people around about me are usually going to know it 
<laughs> like you can, if you actually really know, you might be a little confused for a little while, but you're pretty you're going to work it out pretty soon. And even you know, one of the verses we were using at the beginning, pretty soon that a person's folly will be known by all. You'll know in the end whether a person's really bound up and what they're saying is not really true because of their lifestyle is showing a completely different situation to what they might be saying to everyone, right? So our folly, our truthfulness or not truthfulness becomes really evident to all in the end. And and that those Timothy verses, God did say, God knows who are his. He knows who's playing games with him. He knows if we're really very honest and open and want this area, I want to be so clean. Um, I don't want to be so clean because we just get more of him. Like if I'm emptied out of the world stuff, he pulls more of himself. He can he can pull more of himself in, right? And what what an exchange! Author of all of creation, I get more of him because I've given up a silly part of my personality that it, that I thought was you know very low dividend in comparison to what we get um, by getting more of God. Um, I um just let me just have a look here. Yeah, I think I think that's a lot. That's enough. I just want to I'll finish with this. There's a book and I think it's either 3 or 400 years old. It might be might be older. I have it in downstairs and it's written I forget the woman's name. It's downstairs. It's called The Interior castle um and it's really great what this woman i think she was eventually killed for her faith um um she was she was she was in the mystic she was one of the mystics what that is is within the catholic church there were people who were so it's actually pre-reformation this book is pre-reformation or right around that period um, she was one of the she was one of the um, people in the church who were, was interacting with the Holy Spirit, having a lot of visions, a lot of dreams, and very prophetic, right? And so she's got a lot of books. But this one called the Interior Castle, she talks about the uh, human soul having different rooms, right? It's really great actually because she talks. And so what she does is talk about um, this: if you have a big, big castle, and that's like the the soul of a person is like a big castle, and we first of all have a moat that's got to get crossed. And then there's the exterior rooms and there's the less exterior rooms all the way to the most central place. And there's just these levels of levels within the soul, within the human soul, um, before the very central part, which is where the, the human spirit, which the Holy Spirit resides in my human spirit, at the very center core of that, right? When she talks about these rooms that God comes to clean out, but within those rooms... And she describes it like within those rooms where you find crocodiles and serpents, and she's describing demons, right? And she, so she talks about she talks about it's those rooms in our personality. And I'll give an example: if I have a habit of lying, right, and I haven't been able to just nix it and just keep surrendering it to God until He can really help me clean up my mouth, that I have given over a piece of my personality over to a controlling lying demon spirit, right? And so that's how it happens. If I have a habit of gossiping or slandering others through gossip, gossip is slander, right? It's hateful and its end is murder. If, 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 if you're around people who gossip, they are murderers. They're murdering people with their words, okay? And so if, if I have a habit of gossip, 
and I've built my I've built a large part of my operating day to day, even week to week, just with me because I'm a girl, so girlfriends, right? I've got girlfriends around about me, and oh, oh, I've just got to tell you this little bit of juicy information, whatever it is, right? But if I have the habit and I just live with that habit, I give that piece of my personality over to a demon. And if, if I keep giving it over and keep giving it over to a demon, they actually get control of that piece of my personality and now can push me around and operate back and start to own and gather more of my soul. Right? This is how this works. But the more I just repent of, if I, if I have the thought, if I, okay, if you have a thought land in your head, that's not on you. It's what you do with the thought after it. If you let it become yours and you own it and you meditate on it, ruminate on it, and then it comes back out of your mouth and you start telling a friend, now it's full-blown sin. That's how a thought becomes sin, all right? And so it's not like, it's not like if you have a thought. It's, you haven't done wrong and you haven't got a demon if you just have a thought, right? Though demons can implant thoughts. Our job is catch the thought, no matter what the thought is, right. no matter its origin, doesn't matter. Literally just catch it, resist it. And James 4, 7 says the devil himself flees from you, right? right? And so we resist the thought and catch it and resist it. And sometimes it's very helpful to replace it with a really good thought that comes from God. When you know God's a lover, he loves me, he loves the people around about me. And so if the thought is a negative one about me or a negative one about someone around about me, I can catch it, resist it, and replace it with a prayer to bless the person or a prayer of blessing over my life, of health, whatever whatever it might be. Find something in the Word of God, like a promise to replace. As you resist, replace it with a promise from the Word of God. And you and the devil is the one who flees from you. The, um, the Passion Translation says of that Bible verse, the devil flees from you in agony. <laughs> I've got to, I want to go and look at the Greek in that. I'm like, I don't know how they get that, but okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, and so, and so our job is, our job is resist and the devil does flee from us in a thousand different directions, right? He's the one who flees when we just resist and the Holy Spirit is given to us to help us stand and help us resist, right? One time I did this, um, I, I, the Lord, the Lord was teaching me, he goes, um, I was just on Twitter and on someone who's a really legitimate, great follow, like um, Matt Walsh, Clayton, like a Matt Walsh or a Michael Knowles, like really good conservative, you know, voices. And, 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 and you know, people come in the comments later and they can post their own stuff. Well, someone came in with, you know, this, the feed is just blowing up because of something you said. And, and I remember reading down through some of the comments going, man, they're just really crazy comments. And I was about to click off and just go switch Twitter off. And, and I felt, this is really weird, but it, I'm, I'm explaining this so you understand. The Lord, the Lord helped me. I felt, I felt, I felt at the same time I heard this voice, there was a tickle in my brain. This is going to freak some people out, but I'm going to tell you. So this is, you understand really how the demon kingdom works, right? I felt a tickle in my brain. Oh, click on that one. Click on that comment. It was a really benign comment. Click on it, but it was a little bit of a tickle in my brain. That's weird, right? Really weird. Well, I clicked on it. It was a pornographic picture, right? That's literally, that's literally how the enemy can sometimes get us. And I shut it out really quickly and I just went, oh, Lord. And the Lord then helped me understand how easily we can just fall into the enemy trap, right? So what I did, just for you all to know, this is how, this is how, like, did I sin by doing that? 
No. Right? I, 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 it's not like, it's not like I wasn't trying to look at it. I wasn't seeking it out. Seeking it out is iniquity. Accidental stumble and the quick shut it off and their repentance even of looking was really more, um, okay, I just saw that. I didn't want to see that. God, now come in and clean my eye gates, yeah. like right. cleanse my mind, get it out of my mind, apply the blood of Jesus so that the filter in their memory is even gone, gone right? Yeah. But I'll never forget, and because, and I'm grateful that it even happened, because I there was a weird tickle, I like as if it was a finger stuck right into my brain, like like about two inches into my brain. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. But the, but the, the the kingdom around about us, the supernatural realm all around about us, is more real and more substantial than this yeah. one. The air that we breathe and the physical furniture that we sit on, that realm is more real around about us, more substantial and affects us more than we realize. And we have an effect on it more than we'll realize this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so in our hearts, if we continually just decide, I'm going to live for truth, I'm going to come into line with truth every day. The minute I catch myself doing, saying a thought that, that would be off, I'm going to surrender it or resist it or repent of it, whatever I might need to do, right? Because what, depending on the thought can be dependent whether I need to repent of a thing or resist a thing or renounce a thing. Doesn't, But um, so long as there's that quick willingness to really stay clean, we really are clean. God keeps us right. really, really clean, right? And so we don't walk around with shame. I don't walk around with shame just because I clicked something on Twitter by accident. Right? I'm not going to let myself walk around under shame. Right. I'm going to bring it to the Lord. He's going to cleanse me. And I move on really quickly, yeah. Yeah. really free in Christ because it's all about the blood, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com. 